it's World Bee Day and we celebrate it by discussing what is World Bee Day? Why are we celebrating it? We hope to answer your questions and many more with What's the Buzz with Ali, Steph and Nathan. Welcome back to What's the Buzz. I'm Ali, your girl, and we've got Nathan from Bearded Lady Honey, and we don't have Steph today. We're pretty sad about that. Hey, how you going, guys? Yeah, she's ill. <laughs> yeah, she's not off. She's, uh, she's been uh, working bees all week, um, leading up to World Bee Day tomorrow, so um, she she needs a break. She needs some norm honey. I got well. in. I got in first before your bearded lady, honey, joke there, Nathan. Well, anyway. <laughs> so, um, welcome back to our eleventh episode, where we will be discussing what exactly is World Bee Day and why do we celebrate these pollinators? And I think that's pretty, you know, obvious why we celebrate them, don't you think, Nathan? Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So. Listen, why the 20th of May, guys? Well, I did a little bit of research and um, the reason why is that in May, the Northern Hemisphere sees bees and nature develop profusely. So when the Southern Hemisphere enters autumn, when hive products are harvested and the season of honey and honey-based products begins. So in addition, the 20th of May is the birth date of Anton. I don't know if I'm saying his last name, Yansa, Yansa, uh, 1730 to 1773. He was a Sylvanian beekeeper and he was a pioneer of modern beekeeping and one of the greatest authorities on the subject of bees. The Austrian Empress Marisa Theresa appointed him to the post of permanent teacher of agriculture at the new school of beekeeping in Vienna. He became well known even before his death in 1773. After 1775, all state beekeeping teachers had to teach the subject in accordance with his teaching and methods. And even in this day, we are still referencing a couple of his books and you can still actually purchase a couple of his books in beekeeping shops and libraries, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. Why aren't schools still teaching it? Well, Steph teaches B school. But yeah, but I, every school. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. And I think we do need, and that's a question, schools, That's a, if you're out there, if we've got any teachers, any principals, um, why why aren't we teaching B school? Like, why aren't we talking about pollinators? Reach out to a local beekeeper. Yeah. Sure they're happy to help. Absolutely. And homeschoolers as well. Like, actually, um, I have had a couple of homeschool groups reach out to me, and we are all for coming and educating you guys. So... We love talking about our pollinators and look, the purpose of World Bee Day is to raise awareness of the essential role bees and other pollinators play in keeping people and the planet healthy. So, you know, this is a day that we really need to celebrate. I mean, we have Mother's Day, we have Father's Day, we have Christmas and all those other, you know, hallmark occasions. I think this is one of the most important days to celebrate because one in three mouthfuls of food contribute to bees. Definitely significant. And I did a little bit of uh, research earlier, and there's approximately 20,000 different types of bees worldwide, whether they're native or European. Um, There's 20 different European honeybees that are recognized in in the world. And in Australia, there's over 1,700 species of native bees, ranging from small solidarity bees to social stingless bees. Yeah. Yeah, and 
some of them predominantly are just in Queensland because of our weather. Because when it gets really cold interstate, some of the little natives can't handle the cold. So we are really blessed to have a lot of the natives up here. My my personal favourite is the teddy bear bee. Do you have a favourite? Blue banded. Yeah, yeah, uh, she's good. We've got a few around. I like resendees as well. Bees attract bees, so yeah, there's plenty sort of floating around. I've got a native TC colony, so. Um, yeah, I yeah. want to expand on that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I've got my little AA girls, my TC. Uh, Steph has, gosh, she's got four. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's, yeah. She's got a lot of, um, natives and she has her backyard is a, a native haven for native bees. She's got them all. I'm con- actually, I'm convinced she probably does have them all. <laughs> well, she's got the good. Yeah, and she's got doubles as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's so, true. So yeah, <laughs> and six, six other surprising facts on World Bee Day. Yeah, hit me with it. So bees like to waggle dance. Yeah. So explain the waggle dance. Well, I was going to leave that to you. There's different shake opinions that on that. Ass for me. Shake that ass for me. Come on, girls, shake <laughs> that ass for me. <laughs> so, okay, all right. So, what what are these opinions? Because my understanding is um, the waggle dance is letting the girls know where to forage or where to go for nectar or food for. Yeah, that's my opinion. I've heard people say that it's drone bees that do it. I'm not too sure it's drones. No, uh, I've seen the girls do it. Yeah, definitely. So. Yeah. Uh, but that's definitely, they go out and do their scouting. They're the scout bees. They're the same bees that go out when they're going to swarm. They yep. find an appropriate spot. And when it's time to go, they go yep. to that spot. Yeah. Um, yep. And yeah, so that's the way they know where their flow is. If you've got multiple hives, you hope that they you try and spread them out a little bit so they go in different directions. Otherwise, they'll all go to one tree and they'll get a lot less nectar. Yeah. So, but another thing is bees use tools. Okay. So, in parts of Vietnam and Asia, they're under attack by the giant hornet. Yes, I've seen. Okay, explain the giant hornet for those people because we don't have the giant hornet here. Thank God, because that thing is terrifying. Have you seen the YouTube clips where they go up and try and extract the hive? No. The, the people? No. They're like in under, underwater scuba diving suits. It yep. is insane. They're probably 40 mil long. Yeah. They are huge. I'd hate to see the size of the things on them. But the honeybees actually go and collect feces from other species in the um, forest and put it at the entry. And it's a deterrent for the, horn, uh, for the giant wasps. And My hornets goodness. are going. That's mental. I don't know that. So they use species yeah, as a tool to deter, like, to and help protect themselves. Wow. I don't know whether they use it to maybe reduce the hive entrance, which we've talked about in yeah. overwintering. You know, yeah. give give the bees less area to have to cover. But I'd say the smell would probably be a deterrent as well. But I'd, yeah, so that's another very interesting thing that yeah. they've had to adapt to. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right yeah. that, that they've had to and. Um, I don't know if you've seen or go out and search for this if you guys are listening, but the the giant hornet has, there's a video where you see it entering into um, the hive of a bee, a beehive, and the girls are just trying so hard to bring this one down. But they, once a giant hornet gets in, it just obliterates the hive. It can just. Chops their heads off. Yeah, it does. And it's so hard when they fight 
oh, they fight. Uh, they, they, but they, they don't have a hope. Like, it, they'll take over a colony in, like, an hour and a half, two hours with, yeah. with a few of them. Like, they'll just, yeah. yeah. So, uh, fact number three, Deepu nearly caused a Cold War confrontation. What? In the 1980s, Yellow Rain, tiny spot, uh, splotches of yellow found on jungle foliage in Laos and Cambodia were thought to be residue of chemical weapons. Refugees said that the yellow rain caused illness and death. And the allegations prompted the United States to accu- uh, accuse what was the Soviet Union and its allies of chemical warfare. The experts later found out yellow dots were excretion by massive swarms of honeybees. So, bee poo. Well, talk about getting the shit. (laughs) (laughs) This is off the CNN webpage, so it's probably false, but hey, it's something different to talk about. Gee, wow. Okay, righto. Well, you know, that's a a fact that bees don't actually, um, the only bee that excretes in the hive is the queen and the, the attendees clean that up. Pronto. Yeah. Um, Unless they've got something going oh, on, like yeah, Nesema, if they've got a bacteria infection, you and we talked about that before, there'll be poo on the entry board, mm-hmm. um, and that's just because they've got the runs as well. Yeah. They've got a gut infection. Yeah, I've, ha- I've had these um, do their business on me, so not only if they are cranky at me, they've got the, the buzz, the buzz is like, yeah, when you're unhappy, sometimes they will poo on me, and I'm like, message received. Loud and clear, girl. <laughs> Have you had a bee poo on you? Yeah, uh, a few times. <laughs> Many a time. So the next one, number four, is bumblebees get hangry. Well, I'll tell you right now, it's not only bumblebees. Oh, if no. European honeybees, when they're starving and you open that lid, oh yeah, you know about it. Oh yeah, you know about it. Oh yeah, um, they yeah. get hangry. Yes, um, and this is where we do, you know, especially in winter, like. Um, Again, we don't really have to winter down like, you know, places that snow, um, but they sugar syrup feed their girls. Oh, and pollen patties. Yeah. They, they've yeah. got to do both. If they don't, their bees will just yeah. die. Yeah. How do they do that? Like, in the, do they just prepare that before winter or do they go in like do it? Different people do it different ways. Okay. Yeah, you can, you can buy pollen supplements um, that you'd mix probably with irradiated honey. Yeah. Um, to make a patty. Um, and you just put it in the entrance, like halfway through. Oh no! In the top, in the top of the hive. So you'd have to crack it open, like in that blistering cold, though. Well, you put enough in to try and get them through winter. Yeah, that's you'd what I mean. feed them yeah. early. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So you just absolutely just crank that. Yeah, and then and then, and then the places that were snowing, I'd say would have a top feeder, yeah. so they could just crack the lid, put more sugar syrup in to keep them warm. But and they just they use different equipment. They use a poly hive solid bases they just they gear up to suit themselves it's like people that live in the snow they don't even feel it well we actually so, i don't know if you know this but we have a few argentina listeners oh. hi guys how are you <laughs> hopefully you can understand my humor um how do you guys like does it snow over there I, I'm like let us know what are you guys doing to winter down your hives like this is this is something that you know we in queensland don't have to um really think about i mean it gets cold i mean you're in Ugg boots at the moment, aren't you? I know, so. I know. <laughs> so, well, you know, but for you guys, it would, yeah, please let us know because we, we'd love to know. And, hey, thanks for listening. All right, what, what else have you got? So, number five. Yeah. And we're both guilty of this. Humans have been exploiting honeybees for thousands of years. We both sell honey. 
we're 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 guilty of it. Steph's guilty of it. Sorry, Steph. You're not here. I shouldn't talk about that. But anyone that sells the honey is guilty of it. Um, but but we do it for the love and. Yeah. This current day and age, colonies won't survive or can't survive without a beekeeper. Yeah. And so we, like you always say, we're the keepers. We are the keepers of the bees. bees. And again, when we take honey, we don't, okay, there's a lot of different beekeeping methods out there, but for us, we don't take more than we should. No, I've been in trouble this year by my mental for not taking enough honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, my boxes were four high and uh, he went out and he's like dude you got like 150 kilos on every hog well yeah but that's the thing if you don't take they get overcrowded and the girls aren't happy well it's susceptible to slime out small yep. high beetle yeah yep. you need a lot of volume um but anyway uh and a cave painting in spain thought yeah. to be eight thousand years old decepts a human gathering honey from a ladder Traces of beeswax on pottery also suggest that early farmers kept bees 9,000 years ago. Honey has also been found in ancient Egypt tombs. Yes. Believed to be 3,000 years old and still edible. Um, and if anyone wants to take me on on this, this is without a doubt God's gift. Mm-hmm. And I've got a question for every one of our listeners. What order in creation do you think the bee was? Because I'm saying number two after the earth. That's my opinion. You know, you go back biblical, Adam and Eve. Well, there's no apples without a bee. So they were around before Adam and Eve. So only my opinion. It's like the chicken or the egg, right? Well, exactly. Exactly. Or or the queen and the hive. So how do you have a colony that sustains itself without without a hive? Because a queen can't nurse the larvae. To sustain life. Yeah. So I'm saying the second creation on earth was a bee colony. Interesting. And so if we've got anyone out there who, um, you know, wants to discuss this or take Nathan up, I mean, or even it could work for those who, you know, believe in this whole Big Bang theory, you know, where did the bee come from? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I know, don't know about the Big Bang theory. Everything's done by God, but yeah. once again, my opinion. Um, <laughs> it's it's just interesting the whole concept and what people's you know belief systems are. And um, so yeah, that's a really really interesting point that you think the bee came. So you think Adam then the bee? No, the bee then Adam. Oh, Earth. Yeah, yeah. Then the bee. Then the bee. Yeah, that makes sense. Hey, so, well. Well, yeah, Earth in the well. No, sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna change that okay. to number three because you need a tree. So yeah. Earth, tree, and then the bee. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then everything else is placed after that because without a bee, there's no pollination. So you can have a tree, but it won't sustain life and won't carry on life and won't reproduce. So. So you know what I'm taking from this? I'm Get, a weirdo. No, 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 no. Girls, <laughs> girls have been doing it hard and working hard. Day dot man, yeah, doing it yeah, for the ladies. Yeah. We are hard workers. Then came Adam. Okay, the girls had to set it up first. <laughs> That's it. And also in that, like today, honey is a uh, fighting antibiotic. Look, it's antibiotic and yeah. microbial, uh, micro, uh, sorry, microbial. Uh, I can't even get that out. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> like, like the, yeah. Raw honey, get onto it. This is terrible. 
Okay, so fact number six. Maybe you should have some non me, honey. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Uh, some bees eat meat. Okay. This, I, mm, okay. Talk to me about that one. Well, I'm only going off what I'm reading here. A vast majority of bees feed on pollen and nectar, which is my whole understanding. Uh, but some species have been involved in a feast on meat, substituting dead animal carcasses for flower meadows. Um, I'm calling BS on that one. Yeah, I'm... I'm just reading what I've got up in front of me, and I'm calling BS on that um, one. There's uh, no way I'm... dead carcass. I've, have you seen that mem that goes around? Why a bee doesn't explain to a fly why it goes to a flower instead of shit. Yeah, I have, but I I've read it, but I yeah, well, yeah, it's exactly the same as that. So sorry, guys, that's just a total waste of time. Yeah, I thanks to CNN for them uh, that little interesting fact. But on top of that, we've we've talked about this as well. Bees save my life. Yeah, yeah, they're I... a big contributor to where I am today and the person that I am. And um, every time you open a beehive, and I talk to people at work all the time, and I show them photos where I'm not wearing any. I'm just wearing a veil. And they're like, you are insane. And I said, if you open a beehive and don't get stung, you feel like Superman. There's just something there. I like some, like I said, I've said it before, try and do it grounded, no shoes. Um, It's been stung between the toes. And uh, anywhere else. That's, well, that's it. That's exactly right. We'll go back to the episode uh, if you haven't heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for everyone, if it's just the awareness of how important bees are to everybody. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Some people might think we can live without them. Um, no, we can't. And as I said, for me, we all know my story in that um, these came along at the right time for me and even now like you know you have your days where it is just tough you just have your tough days and just to sit and watch these the mindful act of them coming and going it just reminds you that you know life does go it's on beautiful yeah and i also sit there and think imagine how good this world would be if we all work like the bees yep i agree yep like everyone gets on we we sort of are. We're all run by one person to a certain degree, but it's just, it's not that, I don't know. Today's society, like our local areas, like, I don't know, it's just, it seems everywhere is just going, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think I kind of feel, and this is my personal opinion, that after COVID, everything changed. Mm-hmm. Don't get me started. <laughs> um, but that's my personal opinion. Yeah. and um, It definitely has. Yeah. And for me, that's why I had a whole career change. And people don't know this. Like I was working for a massive dental corp. I was in dental a lot, like for a very long 17 years before I got into this accidental beekeeping. And uh, I still have a lot of dentists contact me and go, I can't believe you're like doing beekeeping now. Like that is so different. Like you were so passionate about oral hygiene and educating about sugars in, you know, um, and here I am, honey, you know, and I, I do not, do not, do not that like there's sugar and then there's honey. Yeah. It's a different sugar. 
yeah. it's natural sugar. A hundred percent. So it's like your good fats and your bad fats. Exactly, work. exactly. And so um, I have had a complete one eighty, and I don't look back because everything I do is for the bees to talk about bees and because what they've done for me. And um, you know, I really. I really feel like my purpose in life was to come across the bees to help me, you know, through some of my hard times because I'm human, man. And I, I see some people have some hard days and I think to themselves, maybe they need a beehive. Oh, yeah. Or you two. Or two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. And, and, and like, use guys urban beekeep. That's why I bush beekeep because I'm out on my own. Yeah. I just, I like disconnecting. Yep. And just, and it's a total disconnection. Once you take that lid off and you're doing your thing, nothing else matters. It doesn't even, well, unless it's starting to rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, you, you want to close that up yeah, real yeah. quick. But it, it's just, it's a, it's, a, it's a great disconnect and a great outlet. Yeah. Um, and like you said, even watching them, like orientation flights every day, like it's just, it's special. Yeah. It's really special. Like, yeah, it's it's warming. It's just. So an orientation flight for people who aren't aware is the well the bees that haven't come out of the hive and they're learning orientation basically that's the best way I can explain it so they're learning where their home is and G- GPS location for their hive yeah yeah and, and it's not only nurse bees if you move a colony and move a hive and lock them up so to move a hive you'd lock them up at night move them that night. Um, I would open it up that night as well so they don't boil depending on where you are, but I'd, I always open them. But that next morning they'll come out and do that figure eight just yep. so they know where to come back to their hive. Yep. Um, there is distances and all that sort of stuff involved. Um, there's many different theories on distances, um, how far you have to move them, how far you shouldn't move them. Um, but that's beekeeping though. Talk yep. to 10 different beekeepers. And get 155 answers. That's 100% right. And that's <laughs> one thing we want to encourage all of our beekeeping, you know, people who want to get into it. You can talk to so many different beekeepers and get, like, we're going to probably tell you advice, well, our opinion, and you'll be like, oh, that's different to what I heard. Yep. So Everyone does stuff differently. Yeah. Everyone does. And some people are criticized for it big time. Yeah, um, yes, they are. As long as you're doing your good, you, you, your health checks and all that sort of stuff and your general health checks, um, you know, uh, dotting your I's and crossing your T's, yep. DPI-wise, um, and all that sort of stuff, well, you know. Well, for the bees, right? Well, it, it, it's not for the well, bees, it's for the bees. It's making sure that, you know, the yeah. queen hasn't perished or something's happened and they're dying. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. So I... So there is a DPI regu- regulation yes. when you own bees. So you've got to be a registered beekeeper. Yes, um, you do. And you are required to have logbooks per hive per year. And it's a minimal amount that they require, an absolute minimal amount, which will change very soon. I guarantee it will. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it, it, <laughs> some people don't open their hives. It's very upsetting. I know I know people I've spoken to people that have had bee colonies at their house for three years and they watch them swarm every year. Every year and they well, they're not theirs. They're being dropped off by other people. Yeah. And they just don't come back. That's really or people have purchased homes that have beehives and they're oh cool, that's cool. But we'll just leave that. Yeah. Just, you know? Yeah. 
And that is so bad. This and, is what And if you are in that situation, reach out to someone local. Get yeah. on a local beekeeping page on Facebook. They're everywhere. There's local forums. We will help. reach out. Someone will help. Yeah. Someone will happily come along and help and mentor you or you know, well, the best way to get mentoring is go out and help somebody else. Um learn yeah. learn the way they do it. And everyone does it differently, but you will find with your own experience and working with other people, um, changing it up. You know, I've worked with a few different people now. Bee kept with Ali and Steph and my mentor a few times now. And a lot of my beekeeping I've done solo. Yep. And I realise now that solo beekeeping can be very overwhelming, um, especially when you've got quite a few hogs. Yeah. It's a lot of work to get through. And... It's good to do it with, that's why I love doing it with Steph, because yeah. not only is she a freaking cool chick, but um, there's someone with you, like, yeah. For an opinion. Yeah, exactly, e- exactly. And it's just. Or help lift a heavy box. Yes, yeah, they're so heavy. And, you know, kudos to all those beekeepers um, who have just smash out days, like, I don't Phil from Mount Kilcoy, honey. Hi, how you doing? Are you like you smash it out by yourself, mate? Like that's, that's like John, my mentor. Oh, I, just, I, I can't guys, fathom it. We went out yeah. and did a half day, at one of his sites, and it was forty hives, and I was just like, Phew, yeah. How do you do this day in day out? And like, Steph does it by herself too. Like yeah. she, you know, and that's why she's not here because she has been slogging herself. Yeah. And then on top of that, teaching, and then we're doing another teaching tomorrow. Um. You know, and then we've got leaf, and so you really forget how you know the honey isn't just oh turn a tap and oh you get honey. There is so much work behind the scenes. There's a lot of work. Yeah. The first year I was beekeeping, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna get so much honey. Yeah, no. Nah. Yeah. Until you understand bees, you yeah. don't produce honey. No. And it's a click. Yeah. It's a click, like, and this season for me was my click. It yep. was really my uh, everything become easy. Uh, well, not easy, easier beekeeping wise. Um, I just, I was on my prep. Prep is crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the right, I had everything sitting there that I needed when I needed it, which is a massive thing. You're not trying to run out and buy something on the day. Yeah. Which yep. is one. I can put my hand up and say, I've We've all that. done it. And I've got a beekeeping shop like 900 meters down the road. Yeah, we, he, he which knows is, me too. Which is very <laughs> handy for me. Yeah. But, Oh. You don't you don't want to have a hive open and be like, oh, I need some frames. Damn it! Yeah, no, yeah. I've, I've always got plenty of frames. In there. I buy them three or four hundred at a time now. So, but I try and and it's about that. But this season for me, it's trying to learn my flora, like we talked about last yep. week. Um, I've had so many beekeepers say beekeeping's a four year apprenticeship and flora is fifteen. Yeah, and. Every time you look at something, you think it's something and then you do a bit of research and it's the same, say it's the same gum, but it's not what you think it is in that variety. So there's always something to learn in beekeeping. And bees as well. And bees and and always evolving. They're, all, they're still evolving. And scientists, um, and a little fact is that um, behind humans, bees are the second most studied um, insect in the world because of what they can give to us. Like the, just the, the the properties of honey and what the bees learn. Like they've actually found 
they actually solve mysteries from criminal murderers from bees. Did you know that? No. So with bees, with their foraging behaviour, um, I think they said that it was a way that they won't go too far from home or something. And so they studied that and found that when a someone commits a horrendous crime, they act like a bee does. So they don't wow. actually do it. So, and they found they, that's how they solved a lot of crimes was the way that the bees worked and they linked it together. So check that out. Like, yeah, so wow. bees have helped solve murder mysteries. Huh. There you go. Yeah. So, save lives. Yeah, saving in, in lives. In many different ways. Like yeah. We've spoke about it with bee venom, um, with breast cancer. Yep. Um, you know, and then you've got all your other stuff that comes out of the hive, your waxes, you know, your lip balms, your propoluses. Mm-hmm. We've got propolis inside there. Had a couple of cold sores this week, a few drops of that on there, and she's all over Red Rover. Like, it's just everything that comes out of that hive is God's gift. Yep. And you know what? If you, if honey was the last substance on earth, if there was no water, if there was no food, just honey, you could live off that because it has enough, they said, nutrients, including water, to keep you alive. Yeah, right. You get sick of it. Yeah, um, yeah. You would, but to, yeah. To sustain life, it is it is the only food source on the face of the earth that never goes off. Yeah. And I've been also told that if you mix honey and dirt together and come back in like two years, it'll self-separate. Oh, okay. That's so the dirt will, well, it's no different when you extract the wax yeah, and floats at the top. It's yeah. Sort of, yeah. So that's another little interesting fact about honey. But it, yeah, it's just... Anyone got two years to spare and want to do that experiment? I'm sure there's going to be a time lapse. They could do a time lapse on that. I wonder if it'll work with fake honey from overseas, like sugar syrup. Interesting. Yeah. That'd be worth... If anyone's interested, doing a time lapse, that'd be good. Make it a <laughs> You know what I mean? Channel. Like if it's, <laughs> if it's real honey or whether it's fake honey or whether... Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I guess, a very interesting topic. And so we just... Thank everyone for listening. And you know what? Tomorrow, go hug a beekeeper. I'm all up for hugs. <laughs> I'll be in a market first. <laughs> so go find Nathan. Hug yeah. a beekeeper. No hugs. No hugs. It's a school fair. Get okay. a pimpin' bar. Guys, I'll hug him so. for you. Um, no, but thank you guys for listening. Um, we just ask you to just go feed the bees. That's, that's the most important thing. Just Plant some trees, feed the bees. Yeah, that's exactly right. Don't spray. Don't use poison. Just feed the bees and support your local beekeeper. Where are you at this week, Nathan? Uh, Pimpin' Bar tomorrow at a school. Um, I don't even know. And then Cab Road on Sunday. And our, our regular. Your regulars. And we've got to back off. We were just both sitting here talking. The market's just getting overwhelming. We're getting tired, guys. Getting tired. <laughs> There's only so much honey that one can consume to keep me going. I'm, I'm, we're busy bees, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, podcast on top of it. But this is fun. This yeah. This is enjoyable. So. And we love talking bees. Well, you'll see me and Steph tomorrow at uh, the Moonlight Bandit Cafe where we will be celebrating World Bee Day. I'll be at my regular Cleveland market. And then you'll all see us at Leaf on the 4th of June, which we're really, really excited about. And um, we're going to have some special guests. And I they... might even have a special guest at my stand there, just yeah. quietly. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so... no. No, 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 no. We, we won't mention it. That'll be Nathan's <laughs> little surprise secret. Um, but thank you so much. And uh, happy World Bee Day, guys. We'll talk to you later. Take Bye. care. Bye. Bye.